Please insert additional coin. It's Gakesy Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Brad Ziegler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's Sports Unsealed. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It is Sports Unsealed. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. Hey, Brad, I want you to know I'm still trying to fix the audio for the intro, but it, there's. Uh, long story short. There's, there's files missing, so I don't know if it's ever going to be able to be fixed. But in any case, it is Brad Ziegler, despite what the intro says in Brad Ziegler, but a lot of people get that wrong still. I was on a podcast the other day, and somebody said, how's the show going with Brad Ziegler? And I said, it's going really good, except it's with Brad Ziegler. So there you go. I am correcting people myself as well. Also, for everybody else out there that might want to know things that are the correct things to know, we have football podcasts coming out. But until then, bottom left-hand corner of the app for you guys, top right-hand corner of the website, gets all the podcasts we have to offer you, so make sure you're checking those out. Football Draft Kit is here. Football Draft Kit has a new article by myself today with my favorite trash pile grabs from last year, last year's trash, dumpster diving, whatever you want to call it, QBs and running backs. Next one's going to be running backs, or no, wide receivers and tight ends. And we're going to talk fantasy football today. I promised everybody we're going to talk fantasy football today. And we're going to talk about the AFC East today. We might get to a little bit of basketball because there are now challenge flags in basketball. And we might get to a little bit of baseball because people are still ticked off about a juice ball, especially Justin Verlander. But real quick version, because we're going to come back to baseball if we have time, if we need to. But we want to get this in anyway. Yes or no, quick, one minute, we'll hit it. Best home run derby ever, Chris? Oh, by far. I mean, you don't even need to spend a minute to say that it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, what a what a performance from Vlad. Um, that showdown between him and Jock Peterson was was awesome. Like, I just wanted more, 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 more. I don't care if the balls were juiced. It was phenomenal. Vlad has got serious power. It was very impressive. I thought he would just get tired. Like, that was my thing. Like, he did get tired, but he hit 91 home runs. Like, that was unbelievable. (laughs) Why was he there, though? He only had, like, six going in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for all those people. And, I mean, you know what? Part maybe was me. Like, I knew that the power was there. I saw, like, him. The camera was set up Roger Center. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that. Nobody at all. I mean, he's hitting 200. He's struggling at the plate. But, I mean, if you if you watch his minor league career, he had a home run derby in the minors that he absolutely just killed as well. So that was super, super fun. It's going to be hard to top that, but definitely, definitely entertaining. Yeah, and I, I think they had a pretty good idea, you know, when they invited him, that they knew he put on a pretty good BP show. That's the only reason you, you invite a guy yeah. like that. It's not just based on his name. It's like there's people talking about like, wow, you got to see this guy hit BP. It's unbelievable. That's the reason he gets in there. That's, you know, Ronald Acuna actually really impressed me. And I know he didn't didn't get deep, but you see a guy that's small like that just be able to launch balls the way he did. It it really impressed me. I know he's a good game hitter, but it surprised me how good of a BP hitter he was. He hit from all parts of the park. Yeah, all over the park. Yeah. I still, I kind of, I still want to see like a Cindergard, Degrom, Bumgarner. That'd be cool. Just one round, <laughs> just see like, maybe, yeah, yeah. Granky. Maybe they can get to ten. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still great. I, I, I enjoyed it hundred percent, despite people complaining about Alonzo winning and everything. But here, to be fair, on the flip side. Alonzo said he probably would have lost, but also he never even went to his extra time. I'm not saying he would have made up the difference of what was it like seven home runs in the first round or somewhere yeah, around there. It looked like he was really just starting to hit his groove, Jake. Like he was he was just starting to get the hang of it near this his second round towards the end. I think he hit like six or seven in a row. 
And then, yeah, to your point, he didn't even need the I extra time. I think Vlad's appeal was the sound he was making when he was hitting him. And when oh. people... So initially, my buddy thought it was the bat. I'm like, he's not swinging that hard. This, the, the bat is not actually making a whooshing sound. It's, <laughs> it's him exhaling like when people work out. The bats are just... Yeah. <laughs> just... I was like, no, that that's actually like him. But it was still, it was amazing. But let's, I promise, we're talking fantasy football today. Uh, we, again, we might come back to Verlander. If not, next week, Monday's a little bit more catch up on things. But also, as a reminder for everybody listening, again, we are Mondays, Wednesdays going forward. So, AFC East, everybody. That's the first one we're hitting um, because it's the Patriots. Now, that's just the things that, if they fall in order, East North, south, west. If you want to put it in the timeline, you can get the idea of when we're hitting all of them. And let's talk about the Patriots, though, because, I mean, that's what we do every single year, Chris, is the Patriots. Uh, we can look at this from very many, several angles. I'm just going to let you kind of jump into what you want to first, because I'm going to ask you the question of, what do you think is the most interesting or important situation for the Patriots this year? Because, Chris, you could say Tom Brady. You could say the running backs. You could say the wide receivers. You could say there's no tight ends anymore. Where are you looking? Yeah, well, that's the big one that jumps out of the page. I mean, this is the first time in a long time there's no Rob Gronkowski, and we knew that he took a step back. We, we figured he was going to take a step back last year, and he really did. I mean, he still finished as a tight end one in fantasy, like a top 12 tight end, but a consensus that he was the number one. So this is the first year in a long time where Gronk is not even in the conversation. And, of course, if he was playing, he wouldn't be in that first tier anyways. But that's that's the big takeaway for me You know, heading into this season. You know, How are they going to adjust without Rob Gronkowski another year? of Tom Brady who you know at times really really struggled last year but when it mattered he he obviously looked like the old Tom Brady so that that's my big takeaway you know another year of Tom another year of him and Julian Edelman (laughs) Sonny Michelle obviously has some question marks around him but that's the big takeaway for me but you know from fantasy or real life football like this is a team that most likely will be playing their first home playoff game at, you know, Gillette Stadium again. Like, it's it's a pretty weak division. It's getting a little bit better, but they're still the best team in this division. Yeah, for sure. And I the, they are, to me, though, they have a lot more question marks than they've had for the last decade because if Edelman goes down, he's got a little bit of an injury history. If he goes down, they have almost nothing at wide receiver. Um, Nikhil Harry, we don't know what we're going to get. Um, you know, Philip Dorsett right now is probably their other their other guy on the outside. Uh, if Edelman's in the slot, that's not a guy that I'm I'm relying on a whole lot in fantasy. I've taken him; he's available in the twentieth round of, of best ball drafts right now, and I'm taking him just on the outside chance that they don't have anybody else to throw to. I mean, Matt Lacoste is is their tight end for the first four weeks at least until until Ben Watson comes back from from the suspension. Um, you know, James White might get a ton of play in those first four weeks. Um, you know, and, and I honestly like for, for kind of a deep sleeper, I really like Damian Harris. I actually think he could end up being the best running back in fantasy on this team this year. Uh, if Michelle has the injury issue, uh, you know, lingering into the season. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing here is there's a lot of question marks. I mean, when we're talking about two rookies with Nikhil Harry at the wide receiver position, we're talking about Damian Harris, as you just brought up, who I've been drafting a ton of, because I'm going to go back to something our very good friend, Emery Hunt, the honestly, in my opinion, best scout in the business said when Sonny Michelle came out of college and something that I had never noticed as many years if I've been watching college football and scouting players for fantasy purposes. Still, when you have somebody of his mind and his level, it's you, you can find new things all the time. And he said, watch how hard he plays plants his legs into the ground it's going to not only be so far it's been a problem it's going to continue to be a problem and then we're seeing that Sonny Michelle continually has knee problems so 
I'm not drafting him anywhere. I, I, I don't care what the format is. I have zero shares of Sony Michel, the where he's going because of that, because I believe Emery knows what the hell he's talking about. He's proven it so far. Uh, I think Damien Harris, to your point, is a great late round stash that nobody seems really wants to want because it's the Patriots backfield. Like James White PPR is the only one that feels feels. And I use that with quotes safe. And then we talk about it. Uh, Julian Edelman, actually, though, to go back to that real quick, uh, Julian Edelman, I don't know how you guys feel. I have him as a wide receiver one. If you look at what he did, he was a wide receiver one for the 12 games he played. If you look at what he could do this year with the volume that he should see. Well, let me put it this way. Over, under, and this is legitimate number here, over, under, nine and a half targets per game, Chris. Oh, yeah, I would go. I would take the over. Way so over. would I. Yeah, for sure. Way over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're going over. If, if he's healthy, there's no question he's a wide receiver one because, like I said, yeah. they've got no other wide receiver depth on this team yeah. that that you know that scares you. And there's not even like a free agent that they can go out and pluck from somewhere. Oh, so they'll, it's, find some, they'll find somebody. You, you think they'll, they'll find somebody? Josh Gordon. But if you know, from a if I was an NFL defense, and you know, if you've got a, a decent corner that you feel like can can at least contain Nikhil Harry, I double team Julian Edelman. I've I've forced them to go somewhere else. And, and try to find a way to, to get the ball out of his hands because I don't know that there's anybody else on this team that you, you're afraid of beating you very much. No, Dontrell Emmons is going to become like a top 25 receiver. Oh, also. You know, we say this about the tight end position, and I think a lot of people are now on Matt Lacoste uh, just because of the, we're just eliminating options here. It's almost like when you're in a high school and doing multiple choice, you're just eliminating the wrong answer, so you come down to the right one when you're not really sure. That's what it feels like with Lacoste, but... You guys know I've said this before when we had the news break way back when it did. And then we saw yesterday's report. Guess what Gronk is doing, everybody? He's catching passes from Tom Brady and some <laughs> practice time here. Like, seriously, now here, I'll give you the over-under. Let's say odds. I'll say 50-50 chance, Chris, by week 10, Gronkowski's back on this team. Man. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't be shocked. I think we said this, Jake, He's before. He's going to Ray Allen it. Yeah, for everybody that doesn't know, Ray Allen back in the day, like was like, eh, did he just retire play. Ray Allen like last year? I mean, oh, well, that was one of those like, <laughs> hey, I haven't played for two years, I'm going to retire anyway, like that type of thing. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but for everybody, let's just see one point. It was the Celtics, right, Chris? It was the Celtics where he kind of hung around, hung around, hung. He's like, ah, okay, it's the deadline. I guess I'll sign for the final two months. Yeah, I think, and then he went. I think he went to Miami, I believe. But yeah, he he just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around. We. And everyone was wondering if he would come back. I think even last, not this past season, but the season before, there were some rumblings that potentially <laughs> he could come back and play. Uh, and he hadn't played basketball in like three years. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like it is over for Gronk. But I know, like, probably, like you said, week 10, uh, he's seeing the Patriots. Maybe they're struggling fan. out of the gate. No, I'm not. Struggling out of the gate. Over. And, he, and he, maybe they're like three and three, four and three, because they were like that last season to a point, like halfway through the year. To Brad's point, like a lot of struggles, like it seems like we're starting to see them kind of drop off, and the gap between them and maybe the rest of the everybody else in the division is not as is not as significant. But I, I think he's done. I I don't I don't think he's going to come back. But hold on, let me to add point, to this. Let me could. add to this for you, Brad. Who's who's your best friend in baseball? My best friend in baseball. Um, still playing? Gosh. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I would say Aaron Hill or, or uh, Daniel Hudson was probably, were probably my favorite, you know, my, my best playing? friends as teammates. Yeah, he's still playing. Okay. So if Daniel Hudson called you up, it's like, come on, Brad. 
You got a little bit of left. We we could use it for the pen. Like, <laughs> would you? Th- like, that's what that's where I'm going with this. It's like you like you really like the coach. You're like, hey, I have the a team I have has a chance to, be to win a ring. Yeah, I have yeah. a chance to win a ring. And he calls you up. He's like, come on, man, just just the final two months. You can do it. Come on. I I wouldn't do it. There's no question I wouldn't do it. At the same time, like I can't say that there's not a part of me that that misses the game a little bit, and 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 especially. You know, if you get an opportunity to to join midseason to a team that you know is a contender, um, you don't have to go through you know training camp or preseason, and and it's like you know what, I only get to play the games that matter. That's that's the love of the game. Like that's the stuff that you love. No one no one really loves training camp. I mean, maybe the rookies that have never been there before, and it's really exciting. But you know, for a guy that's been around as much as him, like training camp is just a, a a really good opportunity to get hurt, and that's <laughs> that's it. So I love I love the video though when people asked him about working out with them he's like you know it was great working out tom needs someone to throw to you know so he calls mr reliable robbie g the one and only like i love like just his personality is just yeah, fantastic like it's I, I you know just the he, he can be like you know yeah i worked out with him it wasn't a big deal or whatever but he was he like goes over the top with everything and it's just a great personality well chris knows this i called him last night looking for super early nfl prop bets and i gotta tell you if there was one with gronkowski plays a game this season i would <laughs> put money it? on it yeah. I would, just, I would, I would. I honestly think, like, I would say it's over a fifty-fifty shot at this point, just because, like, to everything you just said, Brad. That's the real thing: is he doesn't have to go through training camp if yeah. he comes in at the end of the year. The Pats aren't going to say no if Gronkowski changes his not. mind, and that's the, that's the biggest thing. You don't, go, you miss half the beating of the season. You miss all of training camp, and you come in at the end, and you like go chase for another ring, and it's like the best of all the worlds for Gronkowski. And, Gronkowski just loves everything. And you know they're talking about it when they're playing catch, like, to your point, Brad. Like, they're talking about it. Brady's <laughs> saying, like, come on, man, week 10 on the schedule, you know, it'll give you a few weeks to get into, you know, game shape. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, Jake. It wouldn't be a bad bet, man. It'd be totally worth it. I, I, I definitely want to find that somewhere. If anybody finds out that, if it ever pops up somewhere, somebody let me know. Uh, by the way, week 10, the reason I keep saying that is their bye. They come out of the bye at Philadelphia. So it's Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami are the final three games for the season for everybody that wants to know. Yes, at Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami at home. It's a, it's nice, a nice tune up kick. for the Pats, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, he comes out. I mean, it, he, I'm already putting him back on the team. Uh, they, the Patriots <laughs> come out of the bye with like four potential straight playoff teams, but then they finish with three that I would assume are two of the worst if not three of the worst i mean cincinnati buffalo miami probably assumption yeah that's probably as of today we would assume bottom six teams at least speaking of one of those buffalo uh this is where i'm going to go with this one so we've seen josh this is pure fantasy because we know josh how we can make all the jokes we want we can make the i made the joke i made the joke when he came out of college and i don't know if you guys remember but i said this before i said the guy has a freaking amazing arm. He's got a cannon. He's got the ability. And I said to throw it at the people through the people of a door. He just can't hit the freaking door. Like that's what we, and we saw that from Josh Allen last year. He's erratic. He's all over the place, but fantasy wise, as long as he's passing for some numbers, because he's going to run similar to Cam Newton, because he's got that size. And I'm comparing to Cam Newton and not Lamar Jackson, Kyle Murray because of his size. Uh, That's where the appeal comes in, Chris. And if you look at it last year, QB1 appeal. Is Josh Allen the most underrated but also worst potential QB1 for this season? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you look at some of his numbers last season, you know, led the league in A dot, 
average depth of target, 11.2. Finished 8th in yards per completion despite an ugly 53 completion percentage. So, yeah, you're right. He can't hit the broadside of a barn, but, I mean, he can throw over that barn without, you know, any issue at all. I like him. Brad and I talked about him last week when you were gone. Like, I, I'm a fan. I, I, I would be fine with him being my QB1. I really would. I ta- I'd like to take quarterbacks near the end. If you want to take him and Cousins with your last two picks, it's something that you can do. Maybe you can feel a little bit better about Josh Allen being your QB1 week one. I mean, I just like the fact that he runs around. He he hardly played. What, he played 12 games last year and had over 600 rushing yards? I mean, he broke Michael Vick's record in the first eight starts of his career. Like, rush, like he led his team in red zone rushing attempts, so he's not afraid to call his own number. I know that there's a 1,000 backs there now, but they improved the offensive line. It's better. They, they brought in some guys, like Cole Beasley is nothing spectacular, John Brown's not great, but they at least brought in some guys, because it was really just Zay Jones and Robert Foster caught on towards the last few games of the season, but he had a league-high A dot, so I think that's a connection that those two, we're going to see it, maybe that's just a best ball, maybe that's a DFS play, whatever it is, but I like the fact that he runs around a little bit, and you know he's got a strong arm, so he's going to take some shots. I know this team wants to run the football, but... I'm intrigued with Josh Allen. I think he's going to be a decent fantasy quarterback, borderline QB1 this year. I, I don't even know if it's borderline. I, I think he's maybe a top eight solely because of the, the rushing floor. Um, I And he's going to get some rushing touchdowns because he he showed he's an unbelievable runner. Like, you, you look at him and you don't see that, and then you watch him and it's like, man, this guy is – I mean, he's not quite Michael Vick level, but he's he is an unbelievable athlete. And and but last year he had no receivers to throw to. I like Robert Foster. I, w- I will say that. But he, like you said, he came on late. But his other receivers were Zay Jones, who I, I think is terrible. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, who we all know that Definitely was that terrible. was a absolutely yeah that was an absolute joke. I mean Charles Clay was a shell of himself of what he used to be earlier in his career. I mean he had Isaiah McKenzie, Jason Croom. Like the, the there are no receivers. He was having to throw the ball to running backs half the time because they're the only guys on the team who are decent athletes. And I, I really think they did a a good job of going out and getting him at least some established. NFL receivers to to give him quality guys to throw to quality guys who might be open um, and, and and open up the field. I, I also it's kind of interesting like LaShawn McCoy is going you know in middle rounds of a of a draft, but Frank Gore is not getting drafted at all. And I think Frank Gore well, got on, a shot to. I, I, I don't. I, I do mean to cut you. I don't. Want, I was about to okay. say I don't mean to cut you off, but I do mean to cut you off. So yeah, that'd, you be, that'd be lying. I do mean to cut you off. I don't want to get to the running backs real quick because I want to come back okay. to something you said. You said something in your statement, and I want to come back. And um, when we have like a statement like that, and then we're not sure who deserves to be in front or behind them. Uh, Chris knows what we do. I think at this point, Brad, you, you know what we do at this point, right? Well, it's been a while since we've done this. You know what we do when we try to figure these things out, right? You should know, yeah. Brad. Come on. Yep. Either or. Let's do it. All right. We make a list. It's time. You said Josh Allen's number eight. And that's what it was like. Oh, hold, hold, hold on. We're coming back to that because we're definitely coming back to that. Josh Allen, number eight. Now, was that a ra- This isn't like trying to be like, oh, you said what? Are you seriously saying eight or are you just throwing out a number like eight ish? Uh, eight ish. But I, I mean, okay. I, I, no, haven't, no, no. I haven't I haven't made a list. Let's make a list and, yeah, and so we'll see where he ends up. So we'll make a list. So we'll make the big four. We're throwing out the big four already. Mahomes, Watson, Locke, Rogers. Those are the big four. We got sure. those done. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now the question comes down to yes or no in front of Josh Allen. You're drafting him. Matt Ryan. Yes. Chris. Um, Matt Ryan ahead of Josh Allen for me. Okay. Yes. Baker Mayfield. Yes. Baker. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger. No. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not in on Ben. I'd Whoa! 
Yeah, Neither not, of you guys? I'm not in on Ben, no. I think this is going to be a bad year for, for the Steelers. We'll save it for their for the division. But All right, yeah, yeah we're, well, we're going to talk about that next week. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm floored on this one. I am beyond shocked at that one. So we're coming back. to the, Stay tuned, everybody, on Monday. <laughs> we're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger versus Josh Allen. Uh, Cam Newton. No, I'm not in on Cam. Uh, I'll go no on him as well. I got a lot to say about Cam, too. Like, I, 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 actually, I like Cam, but I, Cam. I would take Josh Allen before Cam. I think yeah. you're both drunk. Holy crap. All right, let's put it this it's, way. It's, it's, I think Josh Allen will finish ahead of Cam. I don't have to draft him that high. Yes. But no, I think you Josh don't, Allen but you're still saying you should. Yeah, the, the, I think Josh Allen will guys. finish ahead of Cam. Put the liquor down. Come on. Uh, man, Cam got no shoulder, man. He couldn't throw with one shoulder. He can't throw with a bum nope. shoulder. So, too, he's 100% as of today. Damn and also, hold right. on. No, this, is, this is self-plug right here. Go to my article from today for dumpster diving last year. And I even say Cam Newton's not a true dumpster dive from last year. But to this point, you guys are proving my point. Both of you and the ADP on Cam has turned him into a disappointment dumpster trash. I don't want him. I don't like what happened last year. I, I posted something. This wasn't me that I bring this up. There's a video from the NFL Network, and uh, Michael Robinson showed that Cam Newton has changed his throwing motion this year to keep his body sh- So... He flies open a little. It's actually a normal quarterback opening, but he opens his body up a lot, which is a big target to begin with. And the whole intent is not just his running to keep him protected, but also taking the shots behind the offensive line when he's throwing and the open. So anyway, just go watch it. It's just a very interesting video. That's just a sidebar. That's nothing to do with like really the argument. I just want people to watch it. Uh, Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen. Uh. Yeah, I got Russell. I'm just looking at my ranks right now. I got Russell. Actually, I actually have Ben one spot ahead of Josh Allen, but um, anyways, I know, right? I am a liar. I, I would honestly take Allen over Russell Wilson and Big Ben and Cam, so I'll have oh to stick God. with it. Yes. Uh, uh, so, Lamar Jackson. This is all the same. No, because Lamar Jackson can run for 1,000 yards. Josh Allen can't. But can he throw the football? Yes. Oh, don't get me started on that. So, in two weeks... No wait, that's next week. That's the North also. Oh god, we're not gonna have. We're gonna have to do <laughs> the North two days worth of just quarterbacks. Holy crap! Ben, I like uh, Allen over Jackson. Yeah, Brad, you didn't give your answer. Allen or Jackson? I'll take Lamar Jackson. Uh, the yeah. more the more I'm looking at this, I think I think Allen's more kind of around the 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 ten twelve range. Um, but at the same time, I, I definitely think he's a QB one. Okay, well we haven't finished the list yet. He sure. might not. We're getting close. Uh, Drew Brees or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh my I'll, God. I'll, I'll take Breeze there. Okay. Two to, I was gonna, come on. All right. I don't. So, I don't want. I. I. I think. I think Allen's gonna finish ahead of him because I think he's gonna be a lot more consistent. Breeze is. I. I, I don't. I. I buy into the. The Breeze is better at home than on the road, and I think the older he gets, the tougher it's gonna be for him to play in the cold weather places. No, that's fair, but he's still. So this is a, just as a sidebar, uh, a kind of a misnomer. He's not as good. It's like he's not as good as he is on the road, but he's still better than the average bear because he's amazing at home. It's kind of like a. You, you're putting him against himself, and that's but, oh, okay. So at that point, though, if if I have Drew Brees on my team, I'm not playing him on road games. I'm playing somebody else there, and and essentially kind of oh, stream the position. I would just play him. I would just see, play I, him anyway, because and, and, and depending I, I, on the I matchup, I wouldn't. So going into last year, I don't have the numbers off last year. I'll, I can always pull them back together. But before last year, because I wrote about this, Brad, just so I know, he was averaging like 330 yards and two touchdowns per game at home. He was still averaging 300 yards and 1.8 touchdowns on the road. So it wasn't like a huge gap. It was just 
he has to live up to himself, and that's yeah. Why. I just I just think it was a lot more sporadic. Like there were really good games. Well, last but then year also was really definitely different. Ones. Yeah, he's got All some right. tough road games this year in Seattle, Week Three, in Jacksonville, and Chicago back to back. Like those are tough. Week Six and Week Seven in Jacksonville and Chicago. That's pretty tough. Week Seven in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It's not that cold but see, yet. But see, like you look at so your fantasy points yeah, scored defense. on your on your rankings. You have Drew Brees as as having. What about fifteen more points than Josh Allen, or, or fifteen to twenty? So you're talking one point a game. Hey, people difference. have to. It's twenty, and people have to go pay for that. Shh. Just saying. Just saying. I, <laughs> oh wait, they're already to, on the site. They're, they're already, on the they're site. already yeah, listening to, to the show. They're yeah, on the so site, yeah. they're good to go. But you're talking a, a little over one point a game difference, and to me, like that's. You know, it's it, there's definitely a range of outcomes where oh, that, where yeah, you, you share all Jake's projections. Yeah. You're, you're well, and you're not wrong in the fact that like this is why you wait on quarterback because yes. to your point, I mean, there's 20 points between Bree. Actually, let's even increase it to like 20. Let's see, Trubisky is 284. If you go 24 points, so two points again, not even two points a game. Still, Baker Mayfield all the way down. Who's number six? All the way down to Trubisky at 19. Is a twenty-four point gap. It's still not even two. So to your point, that's the whole concept of waiting on quarterback. And you sure. look, you, you remember this, Brad? We said it when we first talked about quarterbacks. I said you could have one single individual touchdown on the year change your position by like five spots. So yeah. it's it's all be fair. We're, we're just having fun with it. But as you said, which is a really good point, and don't overlook it for everybody listening. As Brad said, you don't have to draft them there. You don't even have to draft Josh Allen probably until round thirteen. But you know, this is just fun to do anyway. So. Uh, we have a few more. Kyler Murray, yes or no? Josh Allen? Murray. Yeah, Murray just seems to have more upside. Wow. I, See, I, would, I, I, I have I them would all Murray. like in a group, all three of those guys. See, like I Jackson feel like Murray's Murray getting – he's still a rookie. He's still a rookie who's number one, as I believe, is somebody coming off an injury in Christian Kirk who we've never seen him play with. Uh, he's got Larry Fitzgerald at the end of his career. He's got Andy Isabella, another rookie. He's got – Another rookie. He's got Ricky Seals freaking Jones at tight end, who I'm tired of hoping for. Uh, offensive line that's questionable. A new off- Like, I just, I get it. That's all I the do. more reason for him to run like crazy. <laughs> but, well, no, no, so, okay, there's the qu- Who's going to run more? If you see oh, what I, I have, I, think, I actually I think have Josh Murray, Allen for, for more. I think Murray goes over 1,000 yards rushing this year. Whoa! Oh. Save this, oh, save, save this episode. <laughs> Time there's, stamp there's the Murray, 1,000 rushing <laughs> yards. <laughs> That's it? I was yeah. waiting for you. I thought you were going to continue going. That's you it made... for me. No, like... no, no. That's your fault. I thought I thought I had enough time to take a water sip because the way that you were <laughs> <laughs> But I, I just think I think the offensive line is bad enough that he's going to be scrambling uh, a lot, and that's something that Rosen couldn't do last year, and Murray obviously can. And, and I think there's – I mean, it, it's. I don't think it's actually going to be that tough for him to get what sixty yards a game. Like that's. I don't think it's that tough because I think he's going to have some games where he runs for 120, 130. Okay. All right. Hey, look, let's, we have plenty of time to find these things out. Uh, Carson Wentz or Josh Allen. Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Dak Prescott. I think Wentz, or Josh Wentz could be an MVP candidate this year. No, no Dak for me. No dice. <laughs> God, he gets so much hate. I'm taking Dak a thousand times out of a thousand. <laughs> I'll yeah, I mean he's fine. He, he also runs around, calls his own number. He's finally got a weapon. Like he's, he's fine. Got like six rushing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Like he's running for six touchdowns. Yeah, it, it, sure. It, I believe it. And he's got Amari Cooper. Look at his numbers. Once Amari Cooper, and you know I'm not I'm by far oh, yeah, much better. Even Zeke's numbers much better with Amari Cooper. Jameis Winston. 
Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Oh, my God. You guys are the worst. But the thing is, it's the core. Like, to your point, I mean, all these are guys are grouped together. Are family, you guys? 2016. Like, I, here? I remember doing research in 2016 for some quarterbacks, and it was like quarterback 7 to quarterback 17. <laughs> still in college. I was still in high school. Just a kid. Um, a quarterback, like, 7, I think it was like Matthew Stafford all the way to Big Ben was quarterback 17, 18. These guys are to, to what we just talked right. about. They're separated by, like, 10 points. So we're really just – I guess it's just all about preference and floor and safety. But I remember you were all about Tyrod Taylor a couple years ago. Why? Not because he was a good quarterback and could throw the football. And change running the ball every single game. Yeah, that's what we're going to get but with see, some of these running quarterbacks. But hold, hold, hold on. I was all over. Let's be correct in what we're saying here. I'm not saying you were trying to do this, but I was all oh, over Tyrod. No, I was all over Tyrod Taylor as waiting and taking him as like QB 15 off the that's board. That's what we can, that's what do, you can with do with Allen, though. That's no, the no, same no. Thing. I understand that. But you guys are making the case for him to be top 10. That's that's the whole discussion. Like the, To finish it, top 10. Not I to have, where you have to I had borderline QB1, top right, 12. Right. Making it this like, list, he does feel like a 12 to 15 range. Right. And these yeah. aren't mutually exclusive discussions. Like, it, it's you can, with it's two different topics we're having here is you guys yeah. want to make the case for Josh Allen in the top 10, and it's fair, and you guys want to, and we're, that's why we're doing this exercise. We've still also all agreed, this is the one thing we all 100% agree on and made the point that. Just wait on quarterback anyway. If somebody, look, put it this way, and I'll even turn it around. Let's say you guys are right, and somebody takes Josh Allen as the 10th quarterback off the board. Okay. You're okay, go ahead and do that. You just bought all the risk. Neither of you guys are going to draft them as such, and then you'll just turn around and take one of the others, like Carson Wentz, if he's the 13th quarterback off the board. And that's what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Right. I, I'm, there's no way I'm drafting him there. I just think there's a chance he finishes there. But, but doing chance. this list. It he does it does seem like a stretch for him to be top eight or ten. Um, there's just so many good quarterbacks. Like I mean, Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers. Brad, we talked about him too. Is another guy. What in the last fifteen years he's come an average of like top ten, top eleven. See, and he I, doesn't I, get I, any respect. And he doesn't. But I think to the point because drafting wise, and this is where I'll say this, and we'll go back to Tom Brady, who let's bring up with this whole conversation. Is I think nowadays in. You're in a single quarterback league, which this is a testament to what we're talking about today. Again, please play a super flex and start to – we need to make this change in the industry because we need to bring value back to the quarterback position. The Rivers, Brady's, uh, as much as I think Kirk Cousins can bounce back, and it, he went from top seven to, you know, is still a borderline QB1, and people are just like, I don't want Kirk Cousins, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the point being is it's because Rivers, Cousins, like all these guys, they're just – Whatever. They're a nice floor. They're going to score 17, 18 points a game. Whatever. They don't have the chance to be top five. Like, put it this way. If Josh Allen somehow calls his own number time and again and all of a sudden has eight rushing touchdowns of the season and finishes top six, like, that's that's a thing that could happen. Baker Mayfield, we know that. Jameis Winston could do what he did last year. That could happen. And I think that's the problem with those guys is nobody wants those guys because I don't want to draft for floor at the quarterback position when there's so many options if I'm if I bust on Josh Allen I'll go pick up Philip Rivers that's a good that's a good point yeah, yeah you, you absolutely nailed it we're, we're shooting for upside okay so let's talk about the running backs who Brad you started to get into and sure. you brought up that nobody's drafting gore of all these and Chris knows this just only because we talked about it before on something else and after they've drafted together I'm only drafting Devin Singletary because I see a scenario where two out of three being McCoy and Yeldon, if it's my opinion, because I think Gore is the safest. Uh, I can see a scenario where two of the three aren't there for day one, maybe even one. But obviously, if that doesn't happen, then you just draft 
you know, or drop Devin Singletary at week one, but he's only costing you your last pick of the draft right now, where if things clear up for him, his value is going to skyrocket because McCoy is done. Frank Gore is has been done. I mean, great. C- career-wise, you know, he's been able to last this long, but whatever. And TJ Yeldon is TJ Yeldon. Like, the upside is with Singletary, in my opinion. Yeah, that, I mean, there's definitely some upside there. It's I, I just I don't know about about him as an NFL running back in general. I thought he was overdrafted in the draft, and I, he's not a great athlete. Um, he's you know he was semi productive in college, but at a, at a smaller D one school. So I, I don't know. I I think there's some. I, I actually was kind of disappointed that that's the the backfield that TJ Yeldon ended up because I would have liked to see him have an opportunity somewhere. Um, just, just because he's explosive enough to, to potentially be productive, but he, th- there isn't, I just don't think there's anybody in this backfield that has a chance to break out. It's just, it's just too muddled. I think Singletary is a really good pick in like a dynasty league where wait, you wait, can, hold on, hold on. Do you see, are you still saying that Singletary doesn't have a path to lead this backfield in production? Not necessarily. Cause I mean, I still think with three running backs, it's going to be a difficult situation, but if you told me McCoy was gone, or even Yeldon was gone, and it was just down to single, actually, then I'll stick with the McCoy because I think he's the biggest one. If McCoy is gone, I think Singledary could outproduce Yeldon and Gore. I mean, Gore is just there just to be Gore. Sure, and I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but I, I'm also saying I don't want to touch anybody in this backfield. Number one, they're, this team's not going to be very good, and therefore the running backs aren't going to have a, a whole lot of production because they're going to be playing catch up almost every game. And so if that's the case, like that's where I think Josh Allen might get a lot of garbage time points, especially running the ball when teams start playing, you know, soft prevent defenses against them just to, to keep the, kind of basically keep them from throwing the ball over the top. There's going to be a lot of space to run underneath. I don't see that happening with, with running backs. I just think he's going to compile a whole bunch of yards that way. I'll take a shot on Singletary uh, with or without Shady. I'll, I'll just take a shot because it's a late round pick, and I'll, like you said, Jake, it's just a flyer. And if I gotta cut him, then I gotta cut him. But it, it could it could turn out to be, I don't want to say Nick Chubb like because I don't think he's on that level. But I mean, if Lashawn McCoy leaves like Carlos Hyde left, and finally you know Frank Gore falls apart, then we could be you know we could have ourselves a back who touches the ball 17 20 times a game for a team that wants to run the football that's what they want to do and the offensive line like i said earlier is improved so i'll take a shot there i find myself actually like i would agree with brad i don't really want any pieces of this offense from the running back standpoint but i find myself like a couple of drafts i know it's early if shady's fallen to the 10th round i'm just gonna take him like i'm just gonna take that 10th round and just be like whatever it's a 10th round pick here i'd rather him than ap Maybe adrian peterson's us yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he maybe he really does. I know he's motivated to hit, reach milestones in his career or whatever, but like he could be something like he could be a value at that point in draft, like in tenth oh, round. Maybe it, he gets but tripped you're, to you're talking, you're, but you're talking about the tenth round. Like that's where Damian Harris is going, and I would rather, much yeah, rather, same. chase chase somebody with massive upside as opposed to a guy who's who's you, you know you're gonna be fortunate if he even lasts the whole season. I would oh, agree see, that. See, I'd rather hurt. See, that's where I would go the other way is because at least I know McCoy is the lead. I mean, the, the massive upside is he is – he Adrian Peterson's us. The, ma- the ma- massive upside is last year he was hiding something. He was injured. The entire offense, entire team was miserable, as you said, with zero passing options. Josh Allen has a rookie for most of the season, but not all of it to start off as we saw. So, like, I think that's 
the appeal of McCoy. And I'm not going to say you're wrong to take Harris, but at that point, I am definitely taking McCoy because at least he's the lead option. But the other, the side of it, the Singletary was what I was trying to say is if McCoy was gone as a, like yeah. today, McCoy's cut, gone. Singletary probably jumps up to around 100%. the 11th, 12th well, round. Yeah, like maybe totally maybe different. Easy. Totally different and so, scenario. And, and that's where I'm saying take that lotto ticket because if something happens. So I think we all agree with the wide receivers. Like At least as you can see from my projections, I don't have a single one of them getting 800 yards. And I think that's what we end up. And that's why I'd, you want to talk about wanting nothing on this team. We come back to it. Unless McCoy is, and obviously Singletary, if McCoy is there in the 10th, Singletary I draft at the end. Josh Allen's the only other person. I'm not drafting a single wide receiver because I don't even want one in the 14th round. I Because I don't think you can start one any single – like, even if I told you today Robert Foster is the number one out of this whole crew, as you see, that's who I have. I still don't think he gets 800 yards. I don't think he's somebody you start any week. Nah, he's very, very boom bust. He's very best ball. He's very John Brown, DFS. Yeah, all of them. You're Cole right. Cole Especially John Brown, we've seen it for years. At least with Robert Foster, we're just like banking on like the last five games and the A dot. We're like, ah, yeah, no, there was a couple bombs that he hit Foster, and then they go and get John Brown, who's very similar wideout. So, yeah, absolutely. I I think I want to ask you guys this. I don't know we just touched on it, but is Lashawn McCoy a bill by the end of the season? No, I still say no. I don't even know that he makes it at the start of the season. That's, what I was gonna say. That's a, <laughs> a lot of money they could free up. That is a lot of money that they could free up. Imagine just an injury happens in, you know, I don't obviously want to imagine injuries, but, like, if he were to go somewhere like KC or Freeman goes down again or Tampa Bay is a good one that you're whispering, it's a fantastic one, (laughs) I would be all in. I think LaShawn McCoy still has something to offer in an offense where there's weapons, we'll say that, where it's not just a run game. I got to be honest. Put him in KC, put him in Tampa. to, To that point. LaShawn McCoy got cut today and ended up on the Buccaneers. Sixth rounder. I was going to say, yeah, I would maybe even people probably draft him in a fifth. Yeah. It's just so, all right. I'm going to, we're not going to save the Jets for last because now, since you just said that, is there anybody, this is how I'm going to turn the question now, is there anybody on the Dolphins you even want to draft? That's the question. That's the entire Dolphins question. Not want to. I will take Parker. <laughs> I will take Parker because he's free, and we talked about this before. There, obviously, Devontae Parker is. Whoa, wait, is you're not on the Burt alert. Everybody, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Um, but but he's disappointed everyone to the point where you had to take him earlier in drafts. And now he's just free, and he could be the number one. Like maybe him and Stills. I don't know. There's not a lot there to like. It's- so, see, I I actually disagree, but not not because I again I'm not going to overdraft these guys. You can get them all late. But I actually, I we, we had this bet before that I think Fitzpatrick's going to start week one. And I think Fitzpatrick can actually, like, is just going to chuck the ball like crazy. And I think there's a there's actually quite a bit of value in these receivers. I don't like Devontae Parker. I never have. But I think Albert Wilson is worth a flyer on. He was really good last year before he got hurt. Assuming he's he's going to be able to, to start the beginning of the season uh, active. I think I like him. I actually like Mike Gusecki to be a, a guy to take a, a pretty big That's step forward this I year. Like. And and I like I would love to grab Gasecki in like the thirteenth round and see if he turns into this year's George Kittle. I think he's in for a breakout as well, but I to the point where I definitely wouldn't want to start him as my tight end one. I mean, he only had a couple hundred yards last year. Like I think he's going to be more involved. And if Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, it's going to be much better for him. I think we'll see a breakout. I think you're dead on there, Brad. But well, he, I don't think he's going to play with a thousand yards. Well, O'Shea comes in. He was the Vikings wide receiver coach. Well, that back when it didn't matter a lot. But the Patriots wide receiver coach for a very long time. He might, hey, look, this is another Patriots tie. Like, hey, get excited. But, look, I think, honestly, if all of them, if Albert Wilson's healthy, that's the one I would draft. Um, mostly because to, to 
what you said, your point, Brad, but also defense. I, I think that they have some pieces, but I think they're going to be playing and passing a lot. So does that mean everybody, as the Dolphins did last year, hates the Drake? Or do you think O'Shea can get something out of Drake this year? Or are you the Matthew Berry, shh, it's Kalen Balage? Balage is actually interesting because he's another guy who's fairly cheap, but fairly I cheap want to I, – I, yeah, he's – I want to get behind Drake. Like I think he's very talented. I really do. It's just there's been so much, so much frustration over the past couple of years with with him and the offense. I know it's it's a new offense there now, so I may have a share or two. But he's still like right around where he's going. I just I I just can't really get behind it. I just can't get behind taking him. You know, as a fourth as a fourth round pick. I just I just can't. I'd rather just wait it a little bit. I'd rather Chris Carson in that range, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I still, like I, like I said, I'm in on Albert Wilson this year. I, I really think he's, I think there's a really good chance he finishes as a wide receiver too. Um, I'm Again, you don't have to draft him that high, uh, but I, I think uh, if he's healthy with the way, the volume yeah, of passing play. that's going to be there, um, if the volume of passing is going to be there, I think Fitzpatrick's going to actually throw. I could see him easily throwing for 4,000 yards this year, just, just kind of, even if a lot of it's in garbage time. And if that's the case, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of guys who are actually a lot more productive than we're anticipating big, se- or, uh, you know, or preseason. On your copy of Madden, as, as <laughs> exactly. If, if Miami starts like one and six and and one and five, like, and Fitzpatrick is the quarterback to start those games, like, don't they have to switch it over? Like, oh, right. I, I, like, you know how I feel. That I, I, Brad disagree. I Rosen starts more games than Fitzpatrick does this year, and. I think there's a 50-50. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think week one is Fitzpatrick because I just don't think Rosen's that good. But I think at some point they're going to find out what they have in Rosen because they need to know: do we need to draft Tua next year? Yeah. Right, and, and they and do. They, 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 that, they should know that already. Exactly. Well, so and that's why I lean to him starting week one because it's just find out now. What's the point of starting Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick's the. I, I still feel Fitzpatrick's the backup plan. It's like, hey, you know what? He holds us over until we draft Tua, but maybe. We won this lottery ticket that didn't really cost us anything because we got that Saints pick to move up. It was just still mm. crazy to me that they did this. All right, so last one. Kudos to Dolphins. Now, that was a smart move. I, I still say that was a very, very, very smart move. Uh, the Jets. So the Jets, we know Sam Darnold finished terrifically. And if you haven't heard that, Michael Salfino will remind you time and time and time and time and time again <laughs> if you're on this site and follow everything on The Athletic. He is uh, beyond mention the fact that Sam Darnold was a top-end quarterback, top-10 quarterback for the final four weeks of the season so we have that so the question is we have a couple questions here save Le'Veon Bell because he's a whole topic by himself and that's a big one just the passing game it's Sam Darnold do your belief in the fact that is he even fancy relevant Chris the wide receivers are you Jameson Crowder Robbie Anderson somebody else and then Chris Herndon who might be facing a two-game suspension to start the season are you in on any of the passing game pieces well I like Herndon Uh, I, I understand the suspension maybe that means I can get him you know, even later than the tenth, eleventh round, I'm fine with that. I think I think he's the actual George Kittle this year. I think he breaks out. Um, so I'm in on him. I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with him being my tight end one. I'll figure in the first couple weeks. And then there, then there's a lot of question marks. Like Robbie Anderson obviously has the highest ceiling, I believe, and already he's he's not 100. percent We've seen him over the past couple of years in and out of the lineup. Same thing with Quincy Nunwa. Same thing with Jameson Crowder. So there's a lot of question marks with these guys. Um, but I do believe in Sam Darnold. So maybe not as much as Salfino, but I do think that he <laughs> can does. be. Yeah, I think he can be a quarterback <laughs> too. Like I obviously he's not going to be anybody's starting quarterback in in a regular 12 team league, but in a super flex league as a guy. 
a borderline or, QB two or a buy and replacement. Oh, no, no. One of those oh, guys. <laughs> you or, or in a or in a sixteen team eliminator super flex where <laughs> you know you were on the turn and had to wait and wait and wait. And Sam Darnold's your only quarterback, Jake. Yeah, I mean, you just take it, right? I mean, <laughs> I honestly wasn't that upset. Like that was kind of like you know what? Okay, that's not as bad as it could have been. Right. Absolutely. I mean, what he's going? What is he? Yeah, you could have been left with Josh Allen, right? <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> I was targeting. I was hoping Josh Allen was going to make it back to me. He went like four quarterbacks before it got back. This is what happens when you're a 16 team eliminator. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be suffering somewhere. Yeah, sure. you are. And and for those who are in the Scott Fish Bowl, and we all are, and he's one of those quarterbacks that you could have as your third quarterback. But then you're like, oh, you're staring at the scoring Hold settings on, and I, all I, the interceptions. It's like, I'm oh already, no. Oh yeah. So well, for everybody that out there that doesn't know that might not be in Scott Fish Bowl, the interceptions are what negative four so yeah minus four that, yeah so that's different I was gonna, last year yeah in, in a typical super flex i'm happy with sam darnold as my second quarterback yes yes but in one that's going to penalize you for you know incompletions because he's right. still he still has a lot to learn let's be honest i mean he's, he's still only, look, oh, he's, he's only yeah but he was better yeah. than josh allen in decision making so let's, yeah. let's be real about that but he, he, had some, but he was the youngest youngest starting quarterback in nfl history so yeah, at that so, at that point there is a there's a ton of room for growth so where ton are you right oh, yeah. uh, sorry chris no nope, that's it okay I'm okay i was gonna say because I'm, I'm big on crowder obviously if he's healthy but that's the question i mean this is almost like the jordan reed thing who he used to play with it's like every single year is like well he just needs to stay healthy everybody that was to you brad I yeah, I, I I mean I, I like Crowder okay. I, I actually I really like Robbie Anderson this year. I, I think he takes a big leap forward. Um hopefully he stays healthy. I think having Le'Veon Bell in the backfield is actually gonna help everybody on this because they actually have a running back now that you have to care about. Um e- even if he's I don't know that he's a first round pick. Um, but I, at the same time, I, I think even as a receiver in the passing game, it, it changes the way defenses have to play as opposed to you know Bilal Powell, Elijah McGuire, those guys you know, never kind of never scared me from a, you know, we can just throw a linebacker on him and, and be okay. You can't cover Le'Veon Bell with a linebacker, not a, you know, not unless it's, you you know, the guys that are your best athlete. Usually you got to use a safety to cover Le'Veon Bell. And that, that changes the, the whole way a defense per, you know, can prepare for it. So um, I, I think there's some chance there. I love Chris Herndon, like you talked about. Um, I, I think in, in a lot of best balls where I've taken Herndon in the, the 12th round or so, I'm also grabbing Matt Lacoste in the last round to be kind of that that extra tight end to cover those first few weeks because we know Lacoste is going to start in, in New England, uh, you know, assuming Gronk doesn't come back for week one. So um, I, I think, um, I, I, I like you said on Darnold, I, I'm okay with him being my number two. Um, I, I, I know he led... I think it was like the 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 month of December. He led all NFL quarterbacks in QBR, but he like from a fantasy standpoint, he was just still okay. Like it, it's you know he might be like a bottom end QB one um, in that in that stretch, and that's also if you're including Week 17. So um, you know most most leagues don't. He had a good Week 17. So um, I I really like Robbie Anderson. I like Chris Herndon a little later. Um, I I but I. You know, you can get Darnold in the the 15th, 16th round of a draft. You know, that's not a super flex league. Then, um, then you know, it, it's okay to to have him as a flyer. Yeah, because let's talk about those final four weeks. And I'm so, I was smiling when you said that, Brad, because week 14 at Buffalo, 170 and one, and an interception. Week 17 at New England, when New England was yeah, just kind of coasting a little bit. Yeah. 167 zero and zero. So, you know, really the two home games against Houston and Green Bay. And we know about those defenses last year. 
Hey, I mean, uh, let's be honest and look. I mean, and How again, it's two games against Miami. You're looking at the game log. Six right. picks and two games against Miami. Like, no, I was going to say, geez. if you go back one week before those final four games, before he got hurt, which the argument is he was a lot better or when he got hurt slash benched. It was kind of a combination there. As you said, that final game before that happened in week nine, 229 and four picks, no touchdowns in week nine. There's a lot of leagues where that ended up being negative points. So, oh, yeah. The last part, and we'll talk about it, is you kind of started to transition to it as the Le'Veon Bell part of it. I, it seems there's a lot of people that are like myself who are, you know what, I'm taking Le'Veon Bell. I have no problem taking Le'Veon Bell as the fifth running back off the board because I know Le'Veon Bell has the talent to be the number one. I also am not doing that thinking there isn't a risk with it because I know the offensive line is still, despite some improvement, probably bottom 10, if not bottom five in the league. So that's a concern whether or not Le'Veon Bell can overcome that. There's the question we're talking right now in the passing game. Is the passing game going to offset and the offset and the offense in general? I mean, we're going from Le'Veon Bell in an offense where was one of the top five offenses in the league year after year after year with the Steelers to are the Jets middle of the pack? A question mark. So I don't have a problem because I know Le'Veon Bell's upside in the passing game, and that's the real appeal, Brad, is the floor of Le'Veon Bell. I know he's probably getting at least three receptions a week and a couple more targets than that, possibly even four or five. So where But if he's only getting if he's only getting thirty or forty rushing yards because they're they're trailing and it's all gonna be in the passing game, he's gonna have to have a lot more volume than that to make him worth I would never take him in the top five picks, I'll say that. Um, I would take those top four, and and my my number five running back this year is David Johnson. So, and I, I think just because of the volume in that offense, it, it's going to be kind of the same thing. A lot of dump offs, um, you know, when they're when they're trailing, most likely, um, you know, he, they're going to do everything they can to get him involved because he's too talented, and and he's starting to get closer to that that age where you know, even though he doesn't have a lot of miles on him, pretty soon he's going to start slowing down just a bit and so they're going to want to use him while they can especially while they're paying him a lot of money um i would be okay taking bell in like the middle of the second round um but that's about the earliest i would go i would take dalvin cook ahead of bell i i think that he would be a steal in the in the middle of the second and i think you'd have to take take a shot there i have recently changed my tune on bell just slightly in the fact where i'm like brad i have david johnson ahead of him and i would take the two wideouts ahead of him and talking about hopkins and adams but after that i'm i'm fine well, with I bell did. so like eight like, I'm fine with Bell over Gordon. I want him over Mixon. I want him over Cook. I, I want him over those guys. I just see the upside. The ceiling is a lot higher. He's probably not going to get 100 targets, 85 catches. Maybe he only gets 80 targets and 60 catches. That's fine. I'm fine with that. If he does that, you're great. I still think he'll flirt with a thousand errors. What's that? I said you're not supposed to look at my projections when you say these things. No, but see, there's the thing. It's like you just said that. And I have him for 88 targets, 65 receptions. Give me that. I would take okay. that. Okay. I have him for 1,157 yards, which is a small number for him. Seven touchdowns rushing, two and a half receiving. Average it out, he's got 10 touchdowns. He's got 10 touchdowns, 1,600 all-purpose yards, and the 65 receptions. And half-point PPR. Now, non-PPR, I'll give him a hit and move him down a little bit. Uh, the Real quick, and we'll close out on this, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because we're going to talk about the division as a whole. I have started to about face to what you just said because you brought up the name David Johnson. Is I think David Johnson turning to number five is now being drafted with all of the risk baked in. Like I am the biggest David. We talked about this the other day. I love David Johnson, but the fact that now we're saying like, what about the risk you just brought up before, Brad, about Kyler Murray? When Kyler Murray runs, that means that's not that's another target not for David Johnson. Like I understand David Johnson is an amazing running back. 
I also understand, I don't know that he doesn't have any more questions than Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, James Conner. Like, he's got as many questions, but it's all of a sudden this pivot, Brad, and you seem to be on this turn with everybody, that all of a sudden he's become the consensus number five, and I don't think there is a consensus number five. I think he's there's an argument for David Johnson, Gordon, Bell, Connor, Willie. Like, you can make an argument for any of them. I don't think he deserves to be by himself. Yeah, that, and that's fair. I, I, I'm not saying <clears throat> there's, you know, he's... <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not saying he's head and shoulders above all those guys. Okay. I, that's just who I would take because I think he has higher upside than all those guys. Um, he, he, I mean, he has the ability, you know, at least has flashed the ability to be a, a, a thousand thousand guy. Um, I don't know that he's going to get there this year, but I think that is is in his. Um, even small chance range of outcomes, but uh, just a possibility. Whereas no one else has that ceiling. That's uh, of those guys you're talking. So um, I think there's a really good chance that that you know I, I don't. I, I think where Bell's going to struggle is actually in the rushing department. I think that he's going to be fine as a receiver. I think your your projections are really good. But I, I could also see him ended up with like eight to nine hundred yards rushing on the season solely because number one game flow and number two. Their offensive line just isn't that good, and and he's the this this patient runner that that likes to sit behind the line and wait for holes to open up, and they're not going to open up very much in New York. And I think there's going he's going to have a lot more runs for losses than he did in Pittsburgh. I think it's very similar, like him and DJ. I think they they should be in a tier of their own and in a group of their own on mediocre teams and mediocre offensive lines and mediocre quarterbacks. Like I'm talking young quarterbacks and experienced guys. Uh, I think that e- either or, or you want to take a shot in either or. Like I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't blame anybody. I, I would I I lean DJ today, um, but that doesn't mean I won't take Bell. You know, at seven over DJ if they're both sitting there and you know staring at me. Uh, I think that I so would definitely one hundred percent. This is like Josh Allen Ben Roethlisberger for you. Yeah, kind of <laughs> is. You lied. <laughs> but. But if you gave me those projections that Brad just nailed, like 800 to 900 yards and 65 catches, I would take that from from Le'Veon. I just don't feel like anyone's going to take any of his work. I feel like he's the red zone back, and I feel like Sam Darnold will lean on him a little bit. Like, I don't think Darnold's going to run around like Murray's going to run around. Like, I think he's going to use a guy like Bob Bell. And, and, you know, you just talked about him getting paid and using this guy. Like, use him. Like, Gase didn't want to spend that money on him. Too bad. It's too late. The money spent on him. Use Lev Bell like that is a weapon yeah. that you should use to your uh, your strength, not what you did in Miami with you know rotating through don't, don't all those guys. Make the segue. Don't. Okay, good. Speaking of using things, you should be using our draft kit and our advice and the podcast app and everything we have here because there is a bevy of information for you. So make sure you're checking that out. It is round two or phase two or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we'll do phase two, kind of like Marvel of the draft kit is rolling out. Stuff like my dumpster dive today and a lot more coming out. Gonos has things. He's always got fun things. So make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're listening to us. Make sure you're following Chris Meany at Chris Meany and Brad Ziegler. Make sure you get his name right at Brad Ziegler. I am at All and Kid. You guys know that. We will be back Mondays, Mondays and Wednesdays going forward. So check us out then. Have a good one, everybody.